that has just loved us so extraordinarily well in this season with my dad. Our family has been so blessed, so loved, so supported um, with meals, with financial generosity, with constant encouragement, so many prayers. It has actually been really beautiful to experience so much love from the family in this season. So yes, it's been a challenging season, but it's also been a beautiful season because we've actually seen the whole family come together and journey through this with us. So thank you for your love. Thank you for constant encouragement, prayers, lots of people that just stood in the gap when I haven't always been around over the last six months. So I'm super thankful for that. And I'm excited about this morning because God's got something really um, special for us. I really believe that he just wants to reveal more of his heart to you today. He wants to reveal more of who he wants to be for you in your life, yeah? I love that song, Met by Love, because you know what? That is a, when you want to run into someone's arms, it's a beautiful thing to have a guarantee that every time you run to God, you're always going to be met by love. You're not going to be met by someone who, by someone who is upset, distracted, angry, but every time you run to God, you're always going to be met by love. That's a guarantee. What a beautiful thing. So I'm going to read from Psalm 23. You can go home and meditate on the whole psalm because I'm just going to read the first verse this morning. There's so much in it. We could probably just do a verse each Sunday, I think, <laughs> for a few weeks. So is it up on here? It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. And if you look at the Passion Translation, because I love to use the Passion Translation, we don't have it on the screen, but it says, The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. <clears throat> I always have more than enough. I love that. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. That's the words that D David is declaring when he's writing this psalm. God's my best friend. God is my shepherd. That's who he is for me. And that he always has more than enough. So who loves spending time with friends? He loves hanging out with friends. He loves doing lunches, dinners, tea. There's a lot of beautiful flavours of tea that you can enjoy. <laughs> I have this new one. It's by Tea Tonic and it's called Apple Tree Tea. It's amazing. So I looked online trying to purchase it because there's not a lot of places that you can find it in Ballarat. So I looked online. They had a box of 20 or they had 200. So I thought, well, 20 is not going to last me very long, especially because I used two tea bags in every cup. So I bought 200. That was about three or four weeks ago. I actually think I'm about halfway through. <laughs> so tea, and tea is very good for you, Pastor Andrew. We know all the benefits of coffee, but tea is actually very good for you too. So we love spending time with friends, yeah? Once you've spent time with friends, when you've had dinner, when you've caught up for a coffee, if you've gone for a walk together, how do you actually feel after you spend time with friends? Good? Do you feel depressed? Encouraged? Yeah, that's really good. How else do you feel? If you've just had like such a great night, you've just spent, you know, all evening with really good friends, you've laughed, you've cried, you've shared your heart. How do you feel? Happy, yeah. Do you feel lighter? Do you feel encouraged? I love it when I've spent time with good friends because I come away feeling like I've just had life breathed into me. So... 
friends are good. Sometimes Andrew and I, on our day off, which is a Monday, we go down to Torquay with our friends from Melton, Pastor uh, Mark and Kaz, so, and we'll just go spend the day in Torquay. So we drop the kids at school, we meet at a cafe at about 10 o'clock, we have breakfast together, and we talk till lunchtime. Then when it gets to lunchtime, we look for another cafe and we go and have lunch somewhere else. And then we talk some more and we share some more until we really have to leave so that we're going to be able to pick the kids up in time from school. But, you know, when we do that, I feel so encouraged. I feel so uplifted. I feel so loved when you've been with people that love you. They just genuinely really love you. They love who you are. It's okay not to be okay with them, yeah. They're actually not going to be intimidated by that or depressed. It's okay to share your heart. It's okay to be struggling. It's okay to be sad. You can actually genuinely share where you're at and you know that they're going to love and accept you. It's a beautiful thing. No pretenses. You don't have to have it all together. You can actually just be you. So that's a beautiful thing. So we love spending time with people. We love sharing life together. I really think that that's a gift that God's given us. So one of the things I probably missed a lot over the last six months as I've kind of just been travelling back and forward to Brisbane was actually spending time with friends because I love to encourage and be encouraged. I love to drink tea together. I love to actually just share my heart and where I'm at and have people in my life share their heart. So that's something that I really genuinely miss quite a bit in my travels. So so that was a challenging part of my travels over the last six months. But you know what? Something incredible happened in that. Something phenomenal happened in that because during that season of, of, of being in Brisbane and often being with my dad, and my dad would sleep a lot because he was unwell, so I would spend a lot of time there on my own, you know, wishing that I had some friends to hang out with or wishing that I had could say to people, you know, it's a really tough day today. So, but the thing that I discovered in that was that Jesus is my best friend. The thing that God reminded me through that is that he is the greatest friend that I'm ever going to have in my life. Yeah? Great revelation. So when David says in Psalm 23 verse 1, these are not light words. These are not, oh, I'm just putting pen to paper and I want to write something pretty. This is stuff coming from the depths of his heart that he, that he has discovered through deep, intimate relationship with God. So when David declares, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd, that's because that's a living reality for him. God is his best friend. God is his number one. God is his go-to. God is his bestie, yeah? He knows that despite everything else, in life, God is my best friend and God is my shepherd, yeah? It's a great truth and he's crying it out from the depths of his heart. He's like, God's my best friend. God is my shepherd, yeah? David was a really passionate man. We read about him dancing and all kinds of things. So when he wrote this, I don't imagine him going, God's my best friend. God's my shepherd. I kind of imagine him saying, God is my best friend. He is like the most faithful friend, the most loving friend, the most wonderful friend I'm ever going to have. And he's my shepherd. He was passionate about this. So often when I've thought about David writing this psalm, 
I've always kind of thought of him as being this young man, you know, like a young boy off in the fields looking after his sheep, often alone, possibly not even knowing what friendship was because, um, because he was on his own. But I, but I imagine him being quite a young man, not very old. But as I actually looked into this psalm, what I discovered is that a lot of people actually believe that David was quite mature when he wrote this psalm, that David had actually aged a little bit. He had been through the journey of life a little bit. He had, um, he had seen some friends come and some friends stay, and he had also seen some friends go. He had matured in age, but he'd actually also matured in his relationship and the depth of his relationship with God. And I believe that during that journey that David actually experienced some really precious friendships, yeah? Some really precious friendships. There were friends that David walked closely with. There were friends that David shared his heart with, that he walked intimately with, that he shared his God journey with, yeah? One of those friends was Jonathan. Jonathan was a pretty close friend of David's. Jonathan was a pretty intimate friend of David's. It actually says in 1 Samuel verse 18 that when it came to the friendship between David and Jonathan, there was a knitting together of their souls. This was a genuine, heartfelt, deep friendship for David and Jonathan. So David knew what it was to experience deep friendship, but he also knew what it was to lose it. How did David feel when Jonathan died? What were the emotions that he actually went through in losing a friend that he loved so deeply? Scripture also tells us that it wasn't just a spiritual bond between David and Jonathan, but it was also a covenantal bond. So Jonathan made a covenant with David. And the reason Jonathan made a covenant with David is because it says he loved him as his own soul. That's deep friendship. That's deep communion together. Let me read you this extract that I found about their friendship. It says, The battle was over and quiet descended over the valley of Elah. As the tents of the army encampment rustled in the afternoon breeze, King Saul held an audience. His elder son, Jonathan, was in attendance and a youthful shepherd who excitedly recounting his tale. The youth was David and he was full of zeal and enthusiasm. Saul listened with rapt attention, hanging on to David's every word. How, though, did Jonathan feel? He had won victories in his long career of serving in Jehovah's army, but today's victory did not belong to Jonathan. It belonged to this youth. David had killed the giant Goliath. Was Jonathan jealous of the glory being heaped on David? Goes on to say, Jonathan's reaction might surprise you. We read, as soon as David had finished speaking to Saul, Jonathan and David became bound together in close friendship and Jonathan began to love him as himself. Jonathan gave David his own fighting gear, including his bow, 
quite a gift, for Jonathan was a renowned archer. What is more, Jonathan and David made a covenant, a solemn agreement that bound them together as friends who would support each other. Thus began one of the greatest friendships in the Bible. So David knew what it was to have a really good friend. David knew what it was to have a really close friend, a friend that he treasured, a friend that he adored, a friend that he didn't take advantage of but realised that he was a true gift in his life. He knew what it was to have deep, abiding, heartfelt friendship. So when David declared, so the truth that David still declared those words, the Lord is my best friend, that was a deep revelation because he was already walking in deep friendship. He was already walking in a beautiful friendship, but he declared above that, the Lord is my best friend. God is my best friend. Who remembers in school we kind of had friends um, of different statuses? Do we remember that? Kind of had like our best, best friend and then our best friend and then we had some good friends and then we had people that were kind of friends or you played in the same sporting team together. I played water polo, so I played water polo with a whole heap of girls. Some of them were closer friends than others. And then you had friends that you kind of had to be friends with because you're, you're one of your best friends liked them, so you had to hang out with them as well. There was kind of a whole thing going with friendships, wasn't there? So I remember I had a really good friend called Kate and um, I just loved her. I loved hanging out with her. I loved spending time with her. I loved being in her home. Her mum was gorgeous. She was always baking things and giving us great hugs and really warm and loving. I loved her home. I think I even had a crush on her boyfriend because I thought he was quite good looking too. I just loved her. But um, she had a couple of friends, Gillian and Sharon. Now, I kind of didn't super love them, but they just kind of became friends that I had to have because they were friends with my bestie. So... Um, Samuel was really blessed going through primary school because he had the same best friends from um, grade one to grade six. So they were twins, so we kind of got two for the price of one. So there was Jared and there was Brayden. Beautiful boys, absolutely beautiful boys. And um, so when there was playdates, I always got two boys. And when there were sleepovers, I always got two boys. So whenever there, there was gatherings, I was, my boys, I went from two boys to four boys in an instant. So, but the great thing was I have another son, so it kind of evened out. Everybody ended up having a playmate. They, um, they even actually occasionally offered to do the vacuuming for me and things like that. So um, Samuel chose really well with his friends in primary school. Um, but in grade three, it actually, I think it was around grade three, they actually started putting the twins in separate classes at school. So it was very challenging for Samuel deciding which twin he would actually choose to be in a class with because they weren't all going to be together anymore. I think um, Braden won out most of the time. So, yeah. So over the years, Samuel has asked me, Mum, who's your best friend? Mum, who's your best friend? Who's your best friend? Wants to know who my best friend is. So, um, and sometimes I've kind of been unsure about that because I have some really beautiful friends, but I'm not sure I kind of rank them anymore like I did when I was in primary school. I think I just really appreciate the gift of, um, of friendship in my life. But as I was just kind of meditating on this, um, 
over the last few weeks and I just read and reread that. I'm like, wow, Jesus is my best friend. You know, God is my best friend. He's my faithful friend. He's my forever friend. You know, and not because my friends aren't amazing and not because my friends aren't wonderful and extraordinary and I don't love hanging out with them, but because I actually believe that our greatest friend has always meant to be Jesus, yeah? His desire is that we would hold him so closely and so dearly and so near to our heart. That is the desire of God, that we would allow him to love us first, that we would allow him to be with us first, yeah? That we would depend on him before we depend on anyone else, that we will allow ourselves to be totally loved by him before we allow ourselves to be loved by others, that, that we would allow him to be our source of joy and of peace because, you know what, that actually allows all the other relationships in our life to flourish because he is our greatest friend, because he is our bestest friend. The overflow of that makes all our other relationships better, Yeah. And the greatest thing about God is that he's available 24-7. Do you know, God is the only person I know that is available 24-7. Do you know anybody else that is available 24-7? Well, Macca's is open 24-7, but, you know, that's just going to put on weight. It's not really going to be a great friend. Pastor Andrew is probably the most available person I've met. He would possibly pick up the phone at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. If you ring me, my phone is on do not disturb. I'm never going to answer. I won't even know that you're calling because my phone doesn't even vibrate. Because if my phone vibrates, I even wake up from that. I'm a very light sleeper. So there is no noise in my house once I go to bed. But you know what? He's available 24-7. The rest of us are human beings, aren't we? We need sleep, some more than others. I love my sleep. We need rest. We need God time. We need fun time. We need friend time. We need all kind of times to actually have quite a healthy balance. And, um, and you know, self-care is really important. It's a principle that Jesus actually taught us, yeah? Jesus withdrew. He withdrew to lonely places. He withdrew to quiet places to spend time with God, yeah? He removed himself from crowds. He removed himself from busyness, which I think busyness is the greatest killer of relationship with God in the world today because the enemy would have you stay so busy that you just don't have time to spend with God. He would have you so busy that you can't worship, so busy that you can't pray, so busy, so so busy, so busy, so busy to stop your personal intimate connection with God, yeah? That's what the enemy wants. That's what he is all about. But Jesus taught us, go away. Go away. He went with his disciples. He hung out with people that were close to him. He wasn't always in crowds. Jesus actually showed us how to do that. Um, so that's kind of cool that he showed us a principle of self-care, isn't it? It's okay to care for yourself. God's into you having a healthy body, a healthy mind, healthy emotions, a healthy spirit. God is in to all of it. 
It's not just spiritual to pray, yeah? It's actually spiritual to eat well. It's spiritual to exercise. It's spiritual to laugh with good friends. God is interested in the whole part of you, every part of you, not just one tiny little part, yeah? Oh, so I'm going to say something very profound here. (laughs) Get ready. Are you listening? Are you ready? At some stage in my life, if I haven't already, and I probably already have, I'm going to let you down, yeah? I'm going to let you down. I'm going to not be there, even though I would always love to be there, and even though I would love to support you through every moment, I'm actually not always going to be there, yeah? I'm not. And it's not because I don't want to or it's not because I don't want to hurt you, but it's because I'm not supposed to be your closest friend. Jesus is, yeah? I am not supposed to be your greatest friend. Jesus is. That's the way he's designed it. We are children of God. We have 24-7 access to God. We have 24-7 access to comfort. We have 24-7 access to love. We have 24-7 access to peace. How good is that in a world where there is not a lot of peace going on a lot of the time? We have 24-7 access to courage, to strength, to forgiveness, to grace, 24-7. Wow. So we can take everything to him. We can take anything and everything to him. We can trust him. We can be ourselves with him. We can share the secret parts of ourselves that not everybody else sees. We actually get to take all of that to him, yeah? And God is not like social media. Did you know that? God is not like social media. I don't spend a lot of time on social media. So if you want to invite me to a party, you should text me because I may not turn up because I won't have even gotten the invite. Um, because I don't go on social media very much, so stay personal. But you know what? God's not like social media. If he doesn't like what you say or if he doesn't like what you do or the picture you put up, God isn't going to defriend you. God isn't going to unfriend you because he didn't like the way that came out or he didn't like the way it came across or he was really disappointed in the fact that you just screamed at your husband or your wife or your friend or your kids. God is not going to unfriend you. There's nothing that you can do for God to stop loving you. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Oh, have we got it, Samuel? I didn't give you enough notice, did I? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Did you read that bottom bit? He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. What a promise. Psalm 136 Verses 1 to 3 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. So how long does God's love go on for? Farewell. Farewell. (laughs) Forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. God must know that we need reminding, yeah? Sometimes I think we need reminding. Sometimes I think God needs to say things over and over 
and sometimes over and over for us to get them. But you know what? God's so patient. His love endures forever, so he keeps going. And, yeah, it kept going, the scripture. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. The scripture does not say my love or my partner's love or my best friend's love or my children's love. Though I pray all those things go on forever, it says God's love endures forever. He will love you forever and ever and ever and ever. And if there's anything that I've been reminded over the last six months, it's that, you know, God is my greatest support network. God's my person that's always there. God's my person that always loves me. God's my person that I can go to feeling discouraged or encouraged. He's my person I can go to feeling sad or totally celebrating a victory. He's my person that I can just go to on my hardest days and on my greatest days. And do you know what? God actually gives really good advice. Did anyone know that? God actually gives really good advice. He's such a cool advice giver. He's probably like the best advice giver in the heavens and the earth, yeah? God knows everything, yeah? He knows you. He knows your heart. He knows your makeup. He knows your design. He knows everything that's happening in your life. So who would it actually be that would be best prepared to give you advice? Because friends, we can share some things with, but God actually knows everything. He sees everything. He's totally wise. So you know what? When you spend time with God, when we allow him to be our best friend and we allow ourselves to have that intimate time with him, you know what? It's kind of a two-sided thing, isn't it? Like we share our heart, but he shares his heart. We share stuff we're going through. He shares his perspective. It's kind of amazing when you allow God to be your best friend because you just get all this cool supernatural advice. You don't have to come up with the answers on your own. You don't have to have it all together. You can actually share your heart with your best friend and he will direct your steps because the scripture said he's my best friend and he's my shepherd. Yeah? Best friend and shepherd. They go hand in hand. So he will give us wisdom. He will give us keys for our life. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he'll give you everything you need. That wasn't just speaking about physical things. Everything you need is an answer for something you're going through right now. Everything you need is wisdom for what you're going to face tomorrow. Everything you need is strength during this time when you're being drained. Everything you need is peace when your life looks chaotic. Everything you need is God directing every one of your steps in every moment of your day. And you know what? God can give you keys that break through. God can download supernatural wisdom and advice that can transform what you're walking through. Things that may have burdened you for years, in an instant, the Holy Spirit can download and something changes. We can talk about God about everything. Even if our lives are running off the rails, God's not worried about that. Well, he is worried about that, but he's loving you through it and he has advice and direction for every step to get through to the other end. Ephesians 3 verse 20. 
Do we have that, Samuel? And I'm going to read the Passion Translation. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And I'll read you the Passion Translation too. It says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energises you. Wow. That's what happens when we allow God's voice to be the loudest. Yeah? That's what happens when we tune in to the voice of God rather than all the other voices that are going on around us. See? God wants to be your best friend and your shepherd. When I first became a Christian, I don't know if I've shared this story before, um, there's this really handsome guy at church. I thought he was really good looking. I was like, well, he loves God. You know, he loves people. Super good looking. I should date him. I should definitely date him. And you know what? My shepherd, he goes, no, you shouldn't date him, Melanie. Uh-uh. You know, when the Holy Spirit goes, uh-uh. And you're like, mm, I don't know if I'm really liking what you're saying here. So God goes, uh-uh, don't do it. And I was like, oh, really? So I did it anyway. <laughs> Funny how we do these things. You know, this is how we learn to hear the voice of God because we don't listen. And then we end up in messes and we're like, I really should listen to God next time. I really should listen to what the Holy Spirit said. And, you know, three months later, I ended up in this horrible, messy relationship that caused me pain. And the thing is, it was totally unnecessary. If I had have actually listened to my shepherd, I wouldn't have even stepped into that thing in the first place. But I was all about, uh-uh, God. You know, and I'm sure I've had a lot of moments like that through the years. But the gift of that is that we actually learn because God was trying to protect me. God was trying to protect my heart from getting wounded. God was trying to protect my heart from a boy that just was still really broken and needed the Lord to do a lot of work in his heart and wasn't ready for a relationship because God is all about what's best for us, yeah? God is all about our wellness and our flourishing. I fear, ah, oh, okay, this is a challenging situation but it's also how the shepherd speaks. A few months ago, in the midst of, um, you know, my dad being really unwell, I kind of had a bit of a crisis with my mum. So she started saying a lot of things to me over a couple of um, weeks that were kind of super unkind and really wounding to my heart and things that were just really, really hurtful. And it kind of came at the worst possible time ever because I was in Brisbane with my dad who was dying and then my mum was sending me these horrendous text messages, just callous and, and, and really hurting me, but she wasn't in the best mental space. So I totally understood that, but my heart was still really wounded and my heart was still really grieving over the things that had kind of come out of her mouth. So because God's my best friend and my shepherd and I love hanging out with him, he actually had something to say about the situation that I found myself in. I kind of had something to say too. 
I was kind of hoping to say, well, really don't want to speak to you for the next 15 years and um, I'll just unfriend you on Instagram and defriend you on Facebook and, well, there's some things I'd really like to tell you about what I think about you. That's what I wanted to do. But my shepherd, he was like, love your enemies. I was like, oh, really, God? <laughs> you know, he's like, love your enemies. I go, oh, I just don't know if I can do this. Goes, love your enemies, Melanie. And you know what? My mum's not my enemy, but in that moment when she was saying all those things that were grieving my heart, kind of felt like she was my enemy. Let me tell you, when my heart was being bashed up, when my heart was being wounded, she felt like she was my enemy. So, um, so really, I was quite annoyed with God because I was like, really? Do I really have to do this? But you know what? He's so wise. He's so amazing. He kind of always knows the best quarters of action, even when in our natural selves we don't always want to take it. So I want to read you a scripture. It's from Matthew 5, 43 to 45. You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And I'm going to read you the Passion Translation because I love it. It says, Your ancestors have been taught, love your neighbours and hate the one who hates you. That's kind of what the world tells us, don't they? Like, hate the one who hates you. You know, what you get, give it back. You know, if they stab you, stab them back. If they're mean, be mean back. But you know, God, God's, God's just on a totally different realm. He just doesn't operate like the world operates. Um, however, I say to you, love your enemy. Bless the one who curses you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you. That's hard, isn't it? That's really hard. That's only God. That's got to be supernatural. And respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. For that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly Father. Because when we love, we reveal Abba. Yeah? When we love, we reveal the heart of the Father. So I decided to love. I chose to love. I didn't feel like it. didn't want to do it. But I chose to love and every time my heart felt a bit wounded still by those words, I chose to love. And every time those words came back to me and I remembered all the things that were said, I chose to love. And every time I chose to love, it actually got a little bit easier. And every time I chose to love, there was almost a healing and a restoration in the relationship. And and God's kind of amazing because he always knows the best course of action. And now my mum has actually been this incredible blessing to me and this wonderful encouragement and support over the last month or two. But that could have looked really differently. That could have been a broken relationship for the next 15, 20 years if I had have responded in my natural self, if I had have responded out of the pain that was being inflicted upon me, if I had have responded in the way that I would respond, not how my shepherd was telling me to respond, I could have ended up in a huge, big relational mess. And You know, my dad just passed away. I don't want to not have a relationship with my mum too, if I can help it, yeah. So the shepherd always knows because his answer is always love and grace, yeah. God's answer is always love and grace. It doesn't change. 
And, and the truth is, how much love and grace has he shown us? How much love and grace does he show us day after day after day? Like God has this limitless supply of love and grace. So why is it sometimes that we seem to have so little for each other? <laughs> that would be my challenge for you to take away today. <laughs> Some other great advice Jesus, my best friend, gave me. And I'm almost finished. Thank you, kids, for being so patient in school holidays. We love you. So some other advice, and I know I've shared some of this, that Jesus, my best friend, kind of gave me was just the journey with my dad. And, and the Lord showed me I was in Brisbane. I was worshipping one morning, and my dad was in hospital. He'd been in hospital for, I don't know, quite a few days and had delirium and the poor love. He was really suffering. So I was just hanging out with my best friend before I was going into the hospital. I'm like, I need a whole lot of Jesus before I walk into this place. And as I was just spending time with the Lord, he goes, today's the day, Melanie. Today's the day your dad's going to get saved. Today's the day that he's going to come to know me. I was like, wow, that's awesome. I'm so excited. And then I go, but how's that going to happen, God? <laughs> I go like, what do I say to him? How do I, you know, because when matters are really close to your heart, sometimes it's really hard to know where to go. And I'm like, okay, that's great, God. I'm super excited you're going to do that. But how are you going to do that? And what bit do I need to do? And what is it that you want me to say? And you know what? The shepherd's so good because he gave me the exact words to say to my dad. Like word for word, he gave me the words. So he knew. He knew that I needed that. He knew that I needed to hear that. He knew that that was going to help me into that place with my dad. You know, and by lunchtime, I had prayed with my dad. He had this incredible encounter with the Lord. It was like this crazy, um, his eyes were just closed for 10, 15 minutes. And I think he was just having this heavenly encounter. He opened his eyes and he was like, wow, wow. And from a man who had not wanted God to a heavenly encounter, see, the shepherd is so good and he's interested in every part of our lives from the biggest thing to the smallest thing to the mundane things. He's interested in every single moment, in our sadness, in our rejoicing, in our loss. He's interested in all of it. I love that. Like there's no part that God shuts out. There's no part that he doesn't see. There's nothing that he goes, oh, well, I'm not really interested in that. Um, like a couple of years ago, our kids decided they wanted to play cricket <sighs> on a Friday night. <laughs> now, we're like football people, tennis people, um, you know, so they decided they wanted to play cricket on a Friday night. Now, when you play cricket, you have to wait till everybody else in the team bats. You can sit there for an hour and a half, two hours, just waiting to, um, to bat. And, and then sometimes you'd get up to bat and you might get two balls bowled and you're out. So, you know what? Like, we love our kids and, and we were there because we love them. But I can't say I was like super interested in watching that cricket game. But you know what? God's even into your cricket game. Yeah? God's even into just watching you waiting there sitting for your turn. God's into everything. And you know what? I really believe the key is don't fix your eyes on the stuff, yeah? 
Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because when we fix our eyes on the stuff, it just, you know, or the solution or trying to figure it all out or how is this going to go away or how is this going to be better or how is this pain going to leave or how can I work through that? When I'm looking for the answers, it doesn't work. But when I just look for him, the answers overflow. When I just sit in his presence, when I just enjoy that deep communion, that deep friendship with him, then the answers and the keys and the wisdom come because I'm enjoying my best friend. So who wants to step into deeper friendship with God this morning? Anyone? I do. I always do. I always want more. I want to be more intimate. I want to have a deeper relationship with him. I want to hear him more clearly. Always. Do you want to carry a greater awareness of his presence? I love what Mark Connor said last week when um, we were having a melt catch up afterwards. He said, the presence of God is always great. It's actually just our awareness of his presence. God can't come any closer. God can't love you any more than he already does. But sometimes we just, the awareness of his presence sometimes gets a bit dulled in our life, yeah? Psalm 23, it also says that he has a resting place for us in his luxurious love. I love that. I'm like, that's extravagant love. That is deep love. That, that is love upon love upon love. That's like love that goes on and on and on, which reminds me of that song. I want to read the lyrics for one second. It says, Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. You've got to repeat that three times. That's how important it is. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails. His love never fails. His love will never give up on you. And on and on and on and on it goes. It overwhelms and satisfies your soul. Who wants their soul satisfied by the love of God? I'm telling you, I do. And I'll never, ever have to be afraid because this one thing remains. His love never fails. God wants to satisfy your soul. God wants to satisfy the deep, intimate, longing places in your soul. He wants you to have the most intimate, loving, extraordinary relationship with him. He wants to love on you and love on you and love on you. Because there's always more awareness of his presence. There's more encounters with his love. There's more time to spend being with him and just loving this gift of friendship, yeah? So why don't we pray as we finish? How does that sound? Good? All right. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are our best friend and our shepherd, We thank you for your extravagant love, Lord, that goes on and on and on and on. I thank you that you are interested and connected to every part of our lives, God. There is nothing that is too big or too small, Lord. And I thank you that in every step of the journey, you are present and you are love and you are peace and you are truth and you are goodness, God. And, you know, God, we just want to continue to step into deeper places and deeper spaces with you.
We want to encounter your love over and over and over again. We want to just enjoy time with you, enjoy friendship with you, enjoy sharing our heart and enjoy hearing your heart, Lord. So increase our awareness and our sensitivity, Lord, that we would know that you are continually present and continually there, God, that you have all the truth we need, the wisdom we need, and the love that is required, God, to just live out the fullness of your promises. So we thank you that you are our forever faithful friend, that you don't change your mind, that you don't go anywhere, God, that you don't withdraw yourself, Father, but you are always present and always love. So we step into deeper waters, Lord. Let it rain in Jesus' name over our lives, over our spirits, God. Let it rain and rain and rain, God. May we be saturated, may we be soaking, God, in just the fullness of you. So we thank you for the gift of friendship you offer to us and we give it back this morning and we say, yes, we want that, God. Yes, we want more of that. Yes, we just, we want more of you, Father. It is all about you. We thank you that you are our faithful God and we have so much to give you glory for and to praise you for. God, there is so much to celebrate for and we just honour you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a great day. We'll see you on Good Friday.